0: What you mean, your spirit is making a request for you. The spirit will clarify what we cannot clarify. That's why you are not, listen to me, that's why you are not wasting your time praying when you don't know what to say. Because the spirit is organizing your confusion. There are times when and, and I have fallen victim to it when you're praying and, man, the Spirit of God is moving and you're by yourself and, and you're just having this awesome prayer meeting and you don't know what to say and you get frustrated and you're like, I'm just wasting my time, I can't express to God, I can't, I can't verbalize to God what I want to do, so I might as well just quit. You are not wasting your time in those moments. Remember, your spirit is organizing the confusion. So the Lord's Prayer is set in what is called a precautionary context, that. That is, it means or is because uh, before Jesus gave his model prayer, he taught several important principles about that prayer, and we need to consider those and uh, realize those. The principle number one in Matthew 6 and 5, Jesus said, When you pray, he didn't say, If you pray, he did not say, On the occasions that you pray but Jesus said when you pray Jesus was assuming something about you at this point at this moment Jesus assumed that disciples of Christ or what we call Christians would pray Jesus automatically assumed that once you were serving him you would want to talk to him and therefore you would communicate, so Jesus opens this by saying, when you pray, pray regularly. Pray all the time. So when you pray. It's our need to pray. It's the understated assumption behind this statement that Jesus makes. Believers are expected to pray. James 4 and 2 tells us one of the things that happens with a lack of prayer when he says, You have not because you ask not. All need things, all things in life. There's things that we would like to have in our life, there's things that we would like to enjoy in our life, and I, I myself am the same way. There's things I would like to have in my life from God, and I wonder if I don't have it because I don't ask. I never understood this concept. I'm sure it happened. I never understood this concept until my kids have gotten a little bit older. But we'll go to the store, to the mall or something like that. I try not to go very often. I don't like the mall, but nevertheless, occasionally my wife will rope me into it. And we walk around, and I'll see these cool little things for or kids, the boys would just love that. And they're standing right there with me, and they're looking at it. And they're talking to each other, more. that's not much cool. Man, look at the way his little arm moves. Look, he's got this little Gatling gun. There's all these little toys. And then they put it up, and I'm standing there right behind them, and I say to myself in my own mind, if they ask me for that, I'm going to buy it for them. I'm their father. Then I love them two boys. And I've got, a neg- I had an extra three hours of overtime, so bless God, I got $6.42 that I would like to invest in the joy and the happiness of my kids in their childhood. I've never understood that concept about I would buy it for you if you would simply ask. But they put it on the shelf And they walk away, and it never gets bought for because they didn't ask. It's a simple concept. But what would God, who being our Father, who being an awesome Father, who loves us so unconditionally, who has the wealth of the world, and He looks at our life, and, and we look at things and we say, man, I would like to have that. And he said, I would buy it for you. I would supply you with that. You'd ask. And we walk away from it. We walk away. And I want to inspire somebody to ask God for some things. God's not mean. He's not cruel. He's not a bitter old man trying to see what he can get away with and how miserable he can make us. Ask God for some things doesn't mean you get everything you want. pastor tells the story all the time. I guess it's been 25 years now. A man has prayed and fasted for a red Mercedes Benz. And as far as I know, he hasn't gotten it. I don't know who it is, but as far as I know, he hasn't gotten it. Maybe he will. We don't always get everything we ask for. But guess what? You won't get anything if you ask for nothing. So Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying, pray. Often pray when you pray. all throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible, we are admonished to pray. Just a few a few times in the New Testament, even in Matthew 6 and 6, the Bible says, pray to the Father, Matthew 6 and 9, pray after this manner in Matthew 9:38, pray ye the Lord of the harvest in Matthew 26 and 41, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Luke 18 and 1 meant men ought always to pray and not faint. In Ephesians 6 and 18, the Bible says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, pray without ceasing. In 1 Timothy 2 and 8, Paul admonishes Timothy, pray everywhere. I pray all the time in the truck on my way to work in the morning. Pray at work. Not because I'm super spiritual. Sometimes I don't. I tend to pray a little more at work when the day's going bad. <laughs> oh God, you're going to have to help me because I'm about to strangle this person. the problem is, it is not that we don't know that we need to pray. How many of you recognize the fact you need to pray? If you don't recognize the fact that you need to pray, you need to pray. Now you can recognize the fact. So we all recognize it. We all understand I have to pray. I need to pray. We don't pray enough. We all know those things. And I'm not going to tell you all that because you already know it. We just have to make it a part of our daily lives. We have to... Uh, make it a discipline of our life. I know Brother M.K. James has retired as a Section Two Presbyter. Was a Presbyter for I think for 52 years, the longest running Presbyter I think in, in, in U.P.C. history. Man was phenomenal. He's a great man. Had an ironclad mind. He was even as he was an older, as he as he gained a little older age. Put it that way. His memory was so much better than mine. At 80, he could remember more than I can at 40. He was blessed. He had good health. All of these things. But one of the things that that Brother James uh, said often, and he never would tell you when. Of all the times I've heard him make this speech, he never said when. All he would say is, I get up early in the morning and I pray. Some people thought it was in the 2 to 3 o'clock in the morning range. He would pray for hours before he would start his day. It was a discipline that he put into place. That don't come easy. I don't do very good in the morning. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Find a time to pray. Find a time to pray. It has to become a habit. In Hebrews 11 and 6, the Bible says that prayer is an expression of our faith. We know we need to pray. The second principle that Jesus taught, I have to try to hurry, is to pray sincerely. In Matthew 6 and 5, he said, don't be like the hypocrites. Pray with a right motive. Jesus is saying it is possible to pray with wrong motives and pray the wrong way. Those prayers are not heard by God. You basically will speak to yourself. I heard something on the news this past week that just shocked me. Literally it shocked me. I could not believe that people that would label themselves Christian would even do this. But I heard on this past this past week on the news uh, on my way home from work one day I was on uh, WJBO that there are a group of Christian people that are praying for the death of our president. whether you like him or not, you don't pray that that God would kill him. I've heard of people I've heard of this in the past where where churches would get together and pray that God would get rid of their pastor. I heard of that. My prayer is God completely disregard all that junk, which He does anyway. Thank God for it. So pray with the right motives. Don't pray as a hypocrite. Jesus says that the wrong motive to pray is to be seen of men, the right motive is to be heard by God. When I was a teenager, And I I have to be, I'm going to try to be real careful because some of y'all may know this person. There was a person uh, that that went to the church that I went to when I was a teenager in this local area. And they would get on their hands and knees on the prayer room floor in the men's prayer room. And I've watched it many times and they would take a handkerchief out of their pocket and they would spread it on the floor to catch the spit that was fixing to come out of their mouth. And all they would do is say, Jesus. And get loud and spit everywhere. And I'm not trying to criticize the person. But understand, I wonder how many times they did that at home. Was that their normal method of prayer? Or was that to be seen of men? Our prayer is to be motivated to be heard by God. A person that really knows God will pray. In fact, there will be nothing that will keep him from praying. In the Bible days, the Jews would pray three times a day, but the hypocrites would pray on the street corners to make sure that everybody saw how spiritual they were. God addresses that. We remember that Daniel in the Old Testament prayed three times a day, and they tried to stop him by having a decree sent out that you'll be tossed and the lions dealing, but it didn't deter Daniel. He would open his window, not to be seen of people, but to be seen of God. And he prayed, and look at what God did for Daniel. Don't, be, don't pray to be seen of men. person that prays in public, but not in private, is only fooling yourself. You're only fooling yourself. You only pray to be seen of people. Notice the posture that the hypocrite took in verse 5. The Bible said he stood, Jesus said he stood praying. Standing, and I don't want you to to think you can't stand and pray. I oftentimes in my prayer walk. Standing is fine, but in in approach to God, that standing is a sign of kind of pride, of arrogance. You walk up to God, you're kind of shoulders back. It's kind of self-confidence. Kneeling is a picture of humanity, it's reverence and it's dependence on God. Again, standing is fine, it's not scriptural, it's not a scripture issue, I'm just saying that when you go to God with pride or arrogance, you're not going to get much. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, it's an incredible scripture setting, says this, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Here's why he does it. This is why he bows his knee when he prays. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with his might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which path is, which path is all knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. That's why he vows. That's why we approach God humbly, to be seen of God and not of men. Then the principle number three, pray secretly. Matthew 6 and 6, shut the door. Go into your closet of prayer. Jesus did not equate, listen to this, Jesus did not equate praying alone to being effective prayer. But he is telling us to shut out the distractions that would keep us from concentrating on God. Go to your closet and pray, or to your prayer room. I've had great prayer meetings while in the woods, engaged in hunting activities. I've had great prayer meetings in other places, but you're being alone, being by yourself where there's no distraction. If you're going to connect with God, you've got to connect spiritually. You've got to connect spiritually. And to do this, you're going to have to take time to pray. To make time to pray, you have to have the will to pray, a desire to pray. It's all over Scripture. Throughout the Word of God, the Bible talks about people that went alone, that went off, that that secluded themselves to have times of prayer. And look, congregational prayer is awesome. Congregational prayer, it can build your faith. Congregational prayer is incredible prayer meetings. When we get together and have church-wide prayer meetings, I I implore and and ask everybody to come out. Man, engage in in public congregational prayer. It's, It's powerful, and man, the Spirit of God's Moving and there's times when you feel a little down or feel a little bit uh, burdened down and it's, it's the, the prayers of the saints will lift your spirits and, and I've walked out of prayer meetings feeling like I was walking on air but to be coupled with that to, in conjunction with that we have to have prayer the times that we communicate with God and just say hey God this is where I'm at this is what's going on with me and I'm going to get along with you because not only do I want you to hear me, but I want to hear you. And it's hard to hear God sometimes when you're sitting in a room full of distraction. When you have that one person, <laughs> never happens, thank you, that in, the, in the congregational prayer that wants to be heard or wants to be seen. And it's hard for you to hear from God. So use those times of, of, of out of public praying to only reinforce your private prayer life. In Acts 10 and 9, Peter went to the housetop to pray, just to get away. In Acts 10 and 30, Cornelius prayed in the house, in his house at the ninth hour while everybody else was gone. In Mark 1, 35, the Bible says that Jesus rose up early in the morning, before day, and he went into a secret place, and there he prayed. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus went to the mountain to pray and he continued there all night in prayer alone. In, Mark, or in Luke 22, Jesus withdrew himself from his three closest disciples and the Bible says he went what was about a stone's throw away and he knelt down and he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. Even Jesus before the most public Display of love, affection, grace, and mercy. He had to go away by himself in a secret place and pray. Jesus being our example, so we need to pray privately. In Matthew six six, the Bible says, "And thy Father which is in heaven, uh, which is in secret, which seeth it in secret, shall so reward thee openly. Your prayer will come to pass. What you pray in, per- in private." God will manifest it in its time. Don't got to hurry. Principle four, pray thoughtfully. Don't use vain repetition. Vain repetition is babble, just talking. No thought behind those words. And through vain repetitions, we lose the the presence or the awareness of the presence of God. Several things that lend themselves to vain repetition is this. Written and well-worded prayers. Ritual prayer, saying the same prayer at the same time every day. Thoughtless prayer, saying words but not thinking about them. Sometimes we just toss out prayer to God so we can hurry up and get to where we're going. We've got church starts in 10 minutes, and we're going to pray before the service. God, help us today, man. God, let the Holy Ghost run. God, man, we need your power. Okay, let's go, guys. And there's no thought. There's no, that's not prayer. And we're not connecting with God with that. Let's take time and pray. Vain repetitions don't cut it. Some people think you have to pray a long time, a long time. And look, the more we pray, the better off we are. But but, uh, long prayer isn't always where it's at either. Now, this is not an excuse not to pray at all or pray three minutes. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, yada, 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 yada. Some people pray long prayers because they, they feel like long prayers will convince God. I'm going to show God how dedicated I am, so I'm going to pray 12 hours today. Some people feel like they need to pray long because they need to inform God of everything going on. So I'm going to to take eight hours of my day today and just tell God all about what's going on in my life. And the longer I pray, the more He'll listen. Some people feel like long prayer makes them more spiritual. How many other people in this church pray four hours a day? I don't. Just just saying, I don't. That doesn't make you more spiritual. Some people feel like long prayer is demanded of believers. It's the religious thing to do. They feel like it's needed to show sincerity, to make sure God approves of me. I'm going to pray these long prayers. Some people feel like they use it to impress people. Don't think that long prayer is heard more of God than other prayers. Don't think repetitious prayer is heard of God more than other prayers. We should pray for the same needs until that need is met. I believe in it, but you don't need to write it out on a piece of paper. Saying Jesus for 45 minutes is not prayer. Brother Murphy has illustrated this a million times, and I'll do it again. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And we just keep going. Oh, God, 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 God. It's not prayer. God standing in heaven going, what, 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 what? Vain repetition does not impress God. The length of the prayer does not impress God. David said in Psalms 51, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God, listen, are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Prayer is a matter of the heart and not a matter of words or how long you make those words last. Prayer comes from the heart. When then is long times of prayer, these extended times of prayer necessary, if you feel a tug at your heart, if a special need arises, if we're facing a trial, a great temptation or something in life, if we're about to make a, a major decision, we should pray about that. And you can pray a long time. There's no scripture against praying for seven hours a day. I think everybody should. But if you pray for seven hours a day, don't let it be just praying seven hours a day. Let it come from the heart. That's where we impact God. That's where God can minister to us. So this morning, we've begun talking about the Lord's Prayer. Come out every Sunday. We're going to have an incredible time with this. Hopefully, we can shed some light on prayer, get rid of some misnomers, and see what God will do for us uh, at Grace. Praise the Lord. I'm excited. I am excited about what God is doing at Grace. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being here this morning. Dismiss for about the next 15 minutes and then we have a second service going to start at 11. You don't want to miss. You don't want to miss the service today. God bless you in Jesus name.